From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, I'm, I'm sure you watched the Super Bowl, so kind of tell me what your, your thoughts on that and uh, what else you did this weekend. You know, Derek, you and I absolutely could not have picked this more wrong. <laughs> and we totally, I think we may have been a little bit uh, biased. Cause oh, we, no, we, I'm 100% yeah, biased. We, we, we said Chiefs hoping the Bucks wouldn't win, but they just destroyed them. It was a beatdown, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, simple weekend, not a whole lot going on. Uh, lounged around a lot and got ready for the Super Bowl um, for Sunday. We talk about on our Friday show uh, how much we're enjoying being back in church, and so our services are, are really uh, enjoying that. You know, good to see everybody in the Sunday school class and stuff. Ashley Bird, a little update for our we'll mention on Friday show. Ashley Bird is doing very well. Uh, her husband Andy, Ashley's kind of our teacher, and and so uh, she's going on a decade now of, of saying she's not the teacher, but, but she's our teacher. Um, but she's doing well, so uh, I know a lot of podcast listeners would would want to hear that. So Ashley Bird is doing very well, and uh, continue prayers for her. I did church too, had Sunday school. It was good to see everybody, and uh, also caught the game, caught a couple of movies this weekend too. Uh, but of, uh, of course, did sit down to watch the game about the middle of the second half. I, I had to turn it. It was, it was Wait, to get You turned sickness. the game off. I turn. Turn it to what? What did you turn it to? That's why I started watching another movie. The Puppy Bowl. The Puppy Bowl. No, the, the Puppy and the Kitten Bowl. No, I missed that. Uh, I did, you know, was able, I did turn it back every now and then to cut, try to catch some of the commercials. Did, did watch uh, some of the commercials. So uh, give me your top two, top two commercials that you like. Uh, Derek, I can't really think of uh, necessarily any memorable ones. I mean, I did catch the, the Wayne's World one was pretty interesting. You know, kind of a spin on, on Wayne's World. You and I grew up. Uh, to Wayne's World, looked like Mike Myers had a lot of makeup on. Did you <laughs> he, did, he did. He looked, yeah, he looked like he was caked up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of makeup on the Mike Myers. Pretty, that was pretty interesting. Um, I heard a couple on the radio today that I, I just didn't notice. I need to circle back and and take a look at. But man, I, I mean, we used to live for the commercials. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like it's fallen off a bit. It seems. You think it's because it's gotten so expensive or something like that, or what? Well, it was a bad year for the commercials. I think the the Paramount one ran like three or four times. A lot of Paramount. The, yeah. the Paramount, the streaming service is coming out. Of course, look. It did work. It's no, coming out March fourth. Sure, sure. Uh, but it would, the, those commercials are bad. I think my my favorite two were the one with the uh, Paral the Paralympic. Um, she was adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knew she wasn't going to have any legs, and they but they adopted her anyway, and she became a, a, a Paralympic swimmer. So that was a fantastic, just a kind of a tear jerking commercial. And the other one was nostalgic. It was the Sesame Street with David uh, Diggs. That's his name, David Diggs, uh, off of Hamilton fame, and just a really good uh, actor, also on Blackish. You know, he did he acted on there. So I just you know hearing him do the kind of the the spoof of the uh, song they used to do from Sesame Street, watching walking around talking to everybody, Cookie Monster. Uh, Grover and everything. So uh, just enjoyed those, but yeah, kind of a tough year for commercials. Yeah. Favorite uh, Sesame Street character? Oh, Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster. Yeah, easily. Uh, and that comes from a guy that doesn't eat cookies, which well, is I mean, back in the He low, is funny, though. Oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. He, he's got one, look, he's good at what he does. Right. He eats cookies. Yeah. Nice guy. Will yeah. offer you the cookie and then eat your cookies. Yeah. Uh, crumbs and, go everywhere. Yeah. Crumbs go everywhere. But I mean, just I'm all, like, color blue. I like the color blue. So I'm just, you know, as a kid, I mean, he had googly eyes, he was blue, sure. he was loud, and he ate cookies. I mean, no, just, I got gotcha. you. That's it. Yeah, and Elmo wasn't around when we were little. You know, Elmo came around uh, pretty late. I'm pretty sure I would not have liked Elmo even as a kid. He is the most annoying. <laughs> I mean, he's just so annoying. <laughs> Hello, baby. Like, it's just, I mean, ah. But anyway, the game was good. Unfortunately, we picked it wrong. We definitely picked it wrong. However, 
we did get a text on Friday saying that Tom Brady was going to win uh, from our presenting sponsor, Mr. Brian Couch. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group is our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for residential real estate in DeSoto County. If you are buying or selling your home in the Hernando or DeSoto County or Mid-South in general, please reach out to Team Couch. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis. Brian reminded me last week that now is a perfect time to get your house ready to sell. Spring is coming up. The grass gets starts to get green. People start to get back outside, start looking for a house. The, sp the springtime is the top time to sell your home. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Their phone number is 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700 or at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Reach out to them right now, again, for a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Podcast recorded each and every week at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. The How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, thermometers, cutting boards, sauces, knives, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop soon. Again, 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on the left-hand side. You can find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Or call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Wise, if you're looking for a Valentine's gift for this weekend, please stop by Malcolm Shop for any Valentine's Day needs. They've got, again, sauces, uh, mixes, all these different things. It's a great shop to look for your husband a Valentine gift. They also have Valentine baskets, and you can put together your own gift basket that they'll do for you. So please reach out to them this week for any Valentine needs. Again, 662-912-9947, 662-912-9947. How to Barbecue Right Shop, the 2021 studio sponsor. Now, moving to local news, uh, this is, of course, the Tuesday after February 5th. February 5th was a filing deadline for all the municipality races. So what we're going to do uh, on this show this morning is to go ahead and go over the Hernando candidates for each ward. We're just going to read through it real quickly, tell you what their the party is, the party affiliation is, along with the candidate's name, and then we'll kind of go briefly kind of explain to the listening audience how our interviews, special interviews, will come in. Uh, that are coming up, uh, first one tomorrow, uh, will we'll go. So, again, uh, for mayor and Hernando, uh, you have Tom Ferguson and Chip Johnson running, both Republican. Alderman at large, you have W.I. Doc Harris and Jeff Hobbs running, both Republican. Ward 1, Natalie Lynch and Chris Tong, both Republican. Ward 2, Andrew Miller running as an independent, Jarrett Mashal running as a Republican, and Gary Williams running as a Democrat. Ward 3, Dustin Alston, Bruce Robinson, and Robin Cotton, all running as Republican. Ward 4, Mitch Lemon, Chad Wicker, and Julie Hopkins, all running as Republican. Ward 5, Beth Roan Ross and Leslie Bierman, both running as Republican. And finally, Ward 6, Dale Bellflower, Ryan Diffie, and Ben Piper, all running as Republican. So you'll notice that the, uh, every 
ward uh, and the alderman at large, every ward but one, excuse me, plus the alderman at large and the mayor are all Republicans, which means they will all be rubbing in the primary uh, that will be held on April the 6th. If one of the candidates gets 50 or more percent of the vote, then they win the primary. They go on to the general election, which in that case, there is no general election because it's already been decided there's only Republicans, there's no other parties involved, and so they would go as long as, I'm assuming they vote for themselves, uh, they'd be elected in the June, uh, prim- excuse me, the June general election. For Ward 2, uh, it is the only one that has candidates other than Republican. And not only does it have other candidates other than Republican, it also has one from basically three different parties, an independent party, Republican party, and a Democratic party. What this means is that this ward, uh, they'll all have to quote-unquote run on the April 6th primary, but assuming that they got one vote uh, and weren't beat out by write-in votes, so you know they get a handful of votes, they will win the primary. Uh, There will not have to be a runoff. Uh, for that primary, and they will basically all three also be in the general election. So that race really won't be decided until June 6th. All the other races will either be decided on April 6th. However, if the candidate does not get 50% or more of a vote, and they will take the top two, the top two with the highest percentages, and they will have a runoff in the primary on April 27th. So it's kind of a breakdown of how it's going to go. And so what we're doing on our show is starting tomorrow, you will hear uh, the candidates from Ward 1. Uh, this is the first week uh, since the filing deadline, and so we're kind of doing it by you know, matching the ward with the week. So this is the first week, Ward 1. You're going to hear on our show tomorrow uh, our interviews with Natalie Lynch and Chris Tong back-to-back so the, the listeners in Ward 1 and maybe from the rest of the city can hear kind of what their thoughts are on the race. Very similar questions uh, were asked, and so you can kind of compare and contrast to see who you think would be the best candidate uh, or the best person to, to represent you for Ward 1. We'll be doing that every week, Matt, except for which week? Uh, week number two, based off of what you just explained, the campaign for those gentlemen, those three gentlemen, one's a Republican, one's independent, one's Democrat, their campaigns don't necessarily start until, you know, after the gener- after the primary election, you know, so it's going to be a very interesting. So we'll, we'll really start to work on that in April and May uh, to get ready for that election. But War Two, you will not hear a special show for them now. Right at this time, we're going to skip over that and get and we'll have to worry about that. Work on that as we get into April when they uh, when it's the the general election. Yeah, so we're going to have a, a special uh, show tomorrow again with Ward One. We're going to skip next week, which will be Ward Two. Uh, so the seventeenth, there will not be a special show, and then on the February twenty fourth, we'll pick up again with Ward Three, which would be Dustin Austin, Bruce Robinson, and Robin Cotton. So uh, y'all three gentlemen, uh, if you're listening to our show, please contact us over the next couple of weeks. We'll set up those interviews. Probably start sometime after, probably the middle of next week. We'll start interviewing y'all and get ready to have that show on the 24th. Under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Or if you know someone personally that knows us, uh, reach out to us or get them, you know, assistance to reach out to us. We just thought it was the best way to do things. It's very hard to get people in the same room together. Time-wise, a lot of the people running for aldermen uh, are going to be employed or going to have jobs. So it was kind of hard to get everybody together at one time. But we felt like this may be the best way to go to have them uh, be on their own show, have an opportunity for them to answer the same, if not very similar questions. And then the listeners can kind of take care of the, you know, can kind of make their own decisions. So Really looking forward to the spring elections in Hernando. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting time with a number of aldermen that are not running for re-election. So uh, the, the board is going to look a lot different on July 1st, Eric.
Oh, you're going to have at least four to five, you know, no matter what. You'll have at least four to five. I mean, Doc Harris, of course, is an incumbent. Mayor Ferguson uh, is an incumbent. And Andrew Miller is an incumbent. And technically, Natalie Lynch, even though she's only been there a month or well, so. Well, let's not forget, Doc Harris is running against Jeff Hobbs, who's, for the, all, who's right, currently who's in Alderman. Current Alderman. So yeah. you're going to have, I mean, so that race, you'll have a, sure. I mean, that one obviously will stay. One yeah. of them will still be on the thing. That's right. The board, yes. Uh, and then everybody else could change. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. You know, including the mayor, seven other positions that could change. Yeah, very, very interesting time. Uh, you know, again, we said it many, many times. We are not a political show, but politics will definitely be a topic uh, of the Under the Water Tower podcast, as it should be, because uh, you know, politics, like we talk about all the time, is local, and you should know uh, who is representing you in this area in your ward. Had an opportunity to interview Michael Lee. That interview is coming up here in the next several minutes. We're going to go to that interview. Had an opportunity to sit down with him, and, and he and I spoke uh, candidly both off and on air about things being local about uh you know it is important that you know uh you know who's making decisions in your city it's important to to know you know when you have an issue with trash or um potholes or any kind of stuff like that who's making those decisions that could help you it's way more important necessarily i mean we get worked up about national politics even state politics but i'm never going to sit down with tate reeves for a cup of coffee more than likely but i have an opportunity literally to go to church with my alderman or my mayor or something like that so that's the interesting stuff that we talk about here on the podcast that's uh that, that we feel like is very important so we're looking forward to the spring and uh again reach out to us if you're any of those aldermen any of those candidates under the water tower info at gmail.com under the water tower info at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Facebook at UTW Podcast or on Twitter at UTW Pod if you want to send us a quick tweet and maybe send us your number. Uh, go us on Facebook, maybe hit us up on uh, Messenger on Facebook, send us your contact information. We would love to call you and get it. You know, well, first of all, we want to have it and then we'll be able to set it up at, at you know, both of our conveniences. So, Looking forward to that. And again, we're about to turn to our interview. Uh, Michael Lee, District 5 Supervisor, which District 5 is a decent amount of Hernando, but a lot towards out in Lewisburg and that area. Uh, he says it during the interview, the size of, of District 5. He has the largest district out of all the different uh, you know five supervisors for the county. Again, he's going to explain kind of how the, the supervisor system uh, works and how that what that looks like. Derek, just a really interesting guy, just a very uh, enjoyable interview with, with Mr. Mr. Michael Lee, you know, a, a nice guy. You've said that, you, know, you told me off air that you did know him and have, have crossed paths with him several times. So just a really good guy. Yeah, I met him. Hit me. He is a good guy. Been on been on the uh, supervised board for several years now, and uh, you know, just does a great job. And I think that everybody, you know, can agree that we have a great county. There's different things that go on. I know there's a couple of topics that people are discussing right now uh, that aren't covered in the interview, um, but uh, they will be coming up in the next few weeks. Overall, I think we're very pleased with the growth of our county, uh, the different areas. And again, just a reminder to everybody listening, supervisors are basically anything outside of the municipalities. So they control anything outside, you know, zoning regulations, the way things are happening, you know, what's approved, uh, what's being looked at, all that, all that, you know, those decisions are made by the supervisors outside of any of the city limits. Uh, so it's a very large, I mean, Desoto County is a very large county. Uh, so they have a very large amount of land that they're looking at. And so there's a very important position. Uh, and so they're kind of the quote unquote alderman of the county. So I think this would be a great interview. So I hope that uh, people will stay tuned in and we'll go to the interview now. 
want to welcome in Michael Lee, District 5 Supervisor uh, for the DeSoto County Board of Supervisors. Uh, District 5 consists of a good bit of Hernando or a decent amount of Hernando and a lot of the county. want to welcome him in under the water tower. Uh, Michael, thanks for coming in. That's my pleasure. Glad to be here. I'm glad to be with you guys. Well, as I mentioned a second ago, uh, some of, not all of, but some of your area for District 5 consists of Hernando, Mississippi, which that's what we're talking about typically is Hernando. What other parts of, of that may be listening to this show are under District 5? Well, I tell you, I, 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 probably the largest portion uh, of District 5, I'm the largest of the five supervisors. I have the largest area. Uh, and I'll give you an example real quick, and I always do this. It runs all the way to Tate County, runs all the way to Archibald and Fog Road, if you're familiar with that. Runs all the way up to uh, Star Landing, Star Landing across South Haven, and then all the way up to Olive Branch and College, all the way down 305, everything uh, west of 305, all the way to Cockrum. Wow. And then across over from Cockrum to east to Marshall County and Tate County. So wow. uh, it's a pretty big district. Lewisburg, sure. Hernando. The only part of Hernando would probably be some of the Nesbitt area, okay. which is uh, Lee Caldwell's district, District 4 Supervisor Lee Caldwell. I know we have new census numbers that will be to us hopefully in the next six months or so, but uh, how big, how many voters, uh, registered voters, were there th- th- in 2010 census it was, uh, numbers? It was uh, around 178,000 people in DeSoto County, wow. I can tell you that. But, uh, and I've basically kind of seen the new census of where they think the projections are, and we're probably looking around 203, 200 between 202 and 203,000. Uh, my district grew uh, substantially, which uh, is probably going to be around 43 to 44,000 people. Yeah, if the, your district consists district. of Lewisburg, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where the growth is, out in that, oh, that eastern yeah. side of Hernando and southern part of 69 uh, area. It Lewisburg. is. It yeah, is. that's the boom. And, uh, so it, it is. I mean, you know, uh, you got a lot of commercial that's starting to pop up a lot of housing you know just that's you know one of the challenges we have is just the infrastructure and the uh and the housing that's uh moving to Soda county you know so real quick so uh you and i were talking a little bit off air uh lifelong resident of hernando mississippi uh family businesses and so forth catch us up on that when the lee family or when your your, your dad had a business catch well, us up with my, that I, real quick my mother was from clarksdale well, okay. mississippi my daddy was from tupelo he's okay. tupelo boy and uh he went to barber school out of the navy he could actually cut hair but he ran sonar in the navy mm-hmm. so when he uh moved uh back home he got his license used his gi bill got his barber license and there was a uh, job that came open in Hernando and he took it and uh, of course him and mama being uh, new here he met her at barber school he was a barber school on front street Mm Muller Barber College and she worked for the cotton company down there her and her mother moved to Memphis and uh, when that happened, they moved to DeSoto County, which is probably late 50s. I've been here 59 years. I mean, I'm, I'll be actually 59 uh, this month. So, you know. I'm, Happy birthday to I you. I appreciate <laughs> you. So, uh, but that's how it all started. He started cutting hair, and he was a barber, and he was a, we owned a farm out on Ranch Road, which is south of Hernando. Sure. Went to high school here. Uh, my brother, I uh, have a sister, Harvey. You know, he was a supervisor before me. You know, he was in a bad accident, and I stepped in his position. You know, yes, finished sir. out his year, year and a half, and then uh, then I ran for it and won, ran for it again, and won again. So that's uh, that's how I'm here. Right. Thank so, you, Harvey. <laughs> that, that's what I saw. Uh, uh, yeah, appointed in 14 and then to represent the District 5, and then elected in 15 and 19. Right. Is public service where you, I mean, uh, admittedly kind of thrust into that? Is that something that you – Let me tell you, I, yeah, I, sure. I, I was with the Sheriff's Department right. also. I'd cut hair. I started in the barbering business. Uh, man, I've done so much. I mean, you ain't, you, <laughs> you ain't, this show's not that long. Sure. You don't have that. Uh, but anyway, I uh, – 
was cutting hair and i actually cut the sheriff's hair and some people at the sheriff's department one day he james albert said you need to come work for me so i kind of did both of them and i did and i had worked my way i went to the academy worked my way up from uh, patrol uh, to the assistant chief's position uh, i have been commander of metro narcotics i have been the uh, jail administrator swat team commander uh, chief investigator i've done all the all the the good things that you can think of at the sheriff's department but i've always continued to cut hair and barbering so i owned a barber business because of you know, I fell into my daddy's sure. footsteps after that. Uh, and tragically, he was killed. played college football in Northwest, and he was killed in a car wreck back during the 80s, 82 year, 83. And uh, so I went to barber school and got my license, and it just all went from there. But, Were you a barber with him? No, uh-uh, I no, missed okay. that. You know, that would have been a, a dream, sure. you know, later in life. And uh, But no, I... we never got to work together. But now I grew up in that barber shop now. Sure. I started out shining shoes when I was... Uh, eight years old wow. and i would go every saturday harvey would do the chores around the farm and i would go with daddy to the barbershop so i was a uh i was a shoeshine boy yeah you know that's how i knew all these people around exactly here, you know? i grew up in the funeral business my dad owned a funeral home uh started a funeral home in the early 80s uh, actually two or three months after i was born uh, he bought a local funeral home so i grew up in the funeral business i grew up being up there all the time and and you know the funeral business is, is a lot different than most you know you never kind of know where, what you're going to be a part of or That's see right. or need help right. uh with i mean rare, rarely does uh you know the number of people whose dad stops them on their way in from from high school and says, "Come on, we got to go pick up, do a pickup." That's right. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's yeah, pretty yeah. rare. There's people, not a lot of people can say that. But that would have been really neat to work with your dad. But just, yeah. I guess, uh, once uh, the the tragedy happened with with him, just kind of motivated you to move into that a little bit more. Yeah. Or well, go you after know, uh, of course, my sister was young and my mother, you know, and they were living on the farm. And my Harvey, my brother, at mm-hmm. that time had moved off to to do a job. And so they were kind of down there by themselves. And, you know, I couldn't go in the barbershop anymore and say, Daddy, I need $20 for sure. gas. You know, so it, it became, you know, work. I was 19 when that happened. Wow. So it came to the point to where, you know, man, I need to go to work, you know, and pay pay my bills and buy my my own gas. Sure. You know, I didn't have $20 from Daddy anymore. That's how it started. That's how it you started. know, and so I did. I went to barber school. And, and of course, uh, you know, my life just evolved into all different things. You know, I'll give you a little brief history. Played college ball with a, a buddy who ended up uh, TV5 wrestling up there, and he called me one day and told me I needed to do that. And I thought, okay. <laughs> you know, so uh, I ended up going to uh, – I, w- I trained uh, in the wrestling field thinking that, I'm, you know, I'm going to go straight to TV. But eventually I did, and uh, I was a tag team partner with uh, Paul Diamond. I wrestled with, sure. uh, you know, Jerry Lawler, and uh, I wrestled Joe LaDuke, Sid Vicious, all these guys, you know, and, and traveled the circuit and did that for a little while. Took a little break from cutting hair and – and uh wrestled and then uh when that was over of course i was married and we had our first child and i said you know this is not a life for right. for me so uh i got out of that but uh not before i you know we held the southern tag team belts we wrestled for them i mean we did all those good things and and i always did it you know as a side sure. you know when somebody said hey michael lee come be a guest you know and i'd go with lawler and him and we'd do something but uh and then went back to cutting hair and then you know started you know working the sheriff's department and, and worked my way up uh there and uh eventually again started cutting jerry lee lewis's hair Mm -hmm. and then that that grew into a relationship to where i started traveling on the weekends with him to do shows and i've done two world tours with him with uh chuck berry and little richard been all over the united states 
you know, flew in a Learjet for the first time, you know, that's the only way to fly, by oh, the way. Oh, sure, yeah. If you've ever, ah, fl- yeah, if you've ever flied pro- uh, right. flown privately. Anything else is more, oh, I couldn't agree more. You don't want to fly any, any other way. <laughs> but, uh, and worked with Jerry for a long, long time, you know, uh, 17 years, actually, I was with him uh, as his road manager and bodyguard. And like, then became an auctioneer. You know, I uh, we owned a uh, business, my brother-in-law and I did, and I've always enjoyed, you know, the that type of business and and became a uh, licensed auctioneer for the state of Mississippi, and I do quite a lot of benefits. You know, I do the crystal ball and things like sure. that, and and the Republican women and all that. I'll help them, you know, and I go in and help them out a lot when they're trying to, you know, benefits. I do a lot of benefit auctions now. So. Will, will you come back with us one day, and we'll have a, a, a longer interview? Uh, and, uh, we, we, can, we, we can talk can. about some world traveling with Jerry Uh-oh. Jerry Lewis. Uh, I got Jerry some stories. Uh, people uh-huh. tell me all the time I need to write a book, and I, and I know I should. Yeah. You know, I work with our church youth group on Wednesday nights, and we go down for a um, annual uh, retreat down in, in Jackson. Yeah. And uh, last year, one of our breakout sessions where you could go to uh, was not very well attended because a lot of people maybe didn't know, but our, our speaker was Ted DiBiase. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and so we yeah. had an opportunity, and he, he described, he was very honest, he described what life on the road was like as a, for a wrestler, and it is all it is not all the glitz and glam that you see in front of you. Yeah, it was a great you, stories. When uh, Eddie Marlin asked me, was I ready to go full-time, and I was at Channel 5, mm-hmm. and he said, are you ready to go full-time? Of course, I'm like, you know, yeah, you sure. know, full-time. You know, we know what full-time is. Nine right. to five, he said. No, son, I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. I said, Well, yes, sir. He goes, No. Are you ready to go Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? And that's how he said it. Sure. And I'm like, I had to think there for a minute. And of course, I didn't want to mess out on opportunity. This is what I was working sure. for. And I said, Yes, sir, I am. And uh, I tell you, Paul Diamond. I'd ride with Jerry to Nashville, and we'd do a show there. We did, we, we we did shows every night. Right. Somewhere, you know, Rep Arena, Louisville, Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. You know, Nashville, Jonesboro, Arkansas, somewhere we were wrestling. And uh, he said, uh, I mean, full-time. So it was Paul Diamond and I drove together. Once I rode with Jerry to Nashville, that's where we took over because we had to make that circuit. And uh, he and I and Dutch Mantell. Of course, Dutch Mantell never drove. You know, he just sit over and right. sleep while we drove, you know, <laughs> you know, which yeah. he earned that right sure. not to drive, I guess. But, oh, it was hard. I was never home except on Monday nights. And I said, Lord, but I, I stayed with him a while, you know, and then I finally said, mm, I can't do this anymore, especially with the baby on the way. Absolutely. You know, I had to readjust my thinking and. I knew where I needed to be in family. Right, absolutely. So. And from the stories you've told or, or kind of mentioned, where whether it was with Jerry Lee or it was, um, you know, uh, wrestling or, or said, hey, I've got to grow up and kind of find a trade and stuff like that. And, and then working with the sheriff's department, uh, it sounds like you saw a need and would fill a need at those things. Like you said, you've worked a lot of different things. So if you're in the barber business, you're in the service industry. If you have that mentality, you're a servant to others and stuff. Absolutely. So that's definitely what it sounds like has been, been happening. But, uh, yeah, come back with us when we yeah, have a little we, bit we, longer. We, 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 we'll talk uh we, won't, we don't have to talk about anything supervisor related we you can talk about it. nothing but That's wrestling and, and have a good time oh and and when people hear traveling uh you know circus traveling wrestling traveling sure. the travel part is the hard part that is for you guys uh, just tremendous. And we drove. We never flew anywhere. Exactly. And that's what Mr. DiBiase yeah. said. He yeah. said he, we were driving everywhere. Uh, we 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 go to sleep here and wake up there. I, I can, I'll tell you real Please, quick. Please, go ahead. Yeah. Real quick, and this is a good, and I think the audience will like this. I, I was fortunate enough to meet in my lifetime the Million Dollar Quartet. Mm-hmm. Actually, I met Elvis Presley here in Hernando, Mississippi. Wow. And I can show you where and tell you where, but it was in Hernando. I was eight years old, and he came to the light, and my daddy said, that's Elvis Presley. And he took me at eight years old, and we walked down to where there used to be an intricate uh, Ford dealership sure, down there. Sure. And Elvis was standing there, and my daddy walked around the corner, and he said, Elvis Presley. And he turned around, and he said, yes, sir. 
He said, Wayne Lee from Tupelo, Mississippi. And he said, well, hello, Wayne Lee from Tupelo, Mississippi. And, of course, the conversation went on, talked to me and all that. But I also was fortunate enough to go with Jerry to a Johnny Cash show. They invited us over to talk to Johnny Cash. And I was a fly on the wall, didn't open my mouth. (laughs) And uh, talking about traveling here. And they got to talking, and they said, you know, he said, I remember a man in Memphis, he said, we'd buy us a brand-new Lincoln Continental. He said, we'd hit that road, and he said, man, we'd travel. Now, this is Johnny and Jerry sure. talking to each sure. other. He said, we'd travel, man, and these roads are not like they used to be. He of said, course. man, we hit gravel roads. We'd head upstate New York, Pennsylvania. He said, by the time we got back to Memphis, he said, man, we done drove the tires. We had hundreds of thousands of miles on that car and drove the tires off that vehicle. Of course, I said, well, what would you do then? He looked at me and he said, well, son, we'd buy another one and do it again. That's exactly right. <laughs> they didn't have a choice. Uh-uh, they didn't have a they choice. Did. Their managers or those people said, hey, here's your That's shows. You That's where be. you got to go. Yep. And they'd show up, whether it was a high school gym or, or a small local theater. Or anything like that. That's however it. to get your name out. That's, That's it. And they got up. better every night they Absolutely. did it and went out and did it. Uh, yep. I can't imagine the stories. Uh, oh, Lord, I got some good ones. <laughs> Again, we'll have to circle yeah, back yeah, on a little, different – that's a different under-the-water tower show, uh, no doubt. But yeah. let's go back to the Board of Supervisors, which is what you're kind of here to sure. visit about today. The Board of Supervisors – and I'm going to lead you into a couple of questions. Board of Supervisors consists of how many men and women? Well, there's five of us. Okay. There's uh, five appointed uh, elected officials. You have Jesse Medlin in District 1. You have uh, Mark Garner, District 2. You have Ray Dennison, who is just newly appointed in District 3, uh, Lee Caldwell in District 4, and then myself in District 5. Okay, so you have your county administrator who sits in there, which is Vanessa Lynchard, who kind of oversees. Sure. You know, she sits up there, and we're, we're her bosses. She always says it all the right. time. You're my bosses. <clears throat> but um, but that's that's how that operates. Right, so five different districts. that They take take up the entire DeSoto County, five Absolutely. different districts. Which is about 700 miles of roads. Wow, okay. So Very the, the district supervisors are going to they're going to take care of, they're going to meet about, work on, and make sure DeSoto County operates anywhere outside of of outside of a municipality absolutely hernando's taking care of themselves olive branch south haven they work hand in hand work together of course but when it's all said and done the board of aldermen meetings that we talk about each and every tuesday and uh yeah yeah first and third tuesday of each month the board of aldermen in south haven and olive branch and all and and so forth they run their cities and then countywide y'all work together right but and here's the you know and it's i hate to say this but you you know civics there's a civics lessons here and a lot of people either you know and young and i get it you know you're like ah you know civics and you really don't get into it until you get a little bit older and you start getting into politics a little bit and then you start reading and hearing what people are saying then you start getting interested sure but uh People ask me all the time, well, what is a supervisor? Well, you know, back in the day, there was a beat system. You have a unit system now, which is what we are in a beat system, and a supervisor would supervise his district, sure. and that's what he did. He took care of his roads. He maintained them, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'd meet together, and they'd talk about whatever buildings and budgets and where the, the tax dollars need to go right. and how you pay for these things. Well, a unit system now, it takes three of us to make a decision. Okay. Okay, you have five on the board. You can have a unanimous, or you can have three that makes that decision for you. So you're not st- stuck out there by yourself. A lot of counties in the state of Mississippi still on the beach system. That's what I was going to say. Yes, absolutely. There's 82, and I mean, and you can get it in a lot of these small, smaller counties of why they're like that. But uh, they ask me all the time, and I said, well, it's kind of like you know, some people call them commissioners, a county commissioner. Sure. Well, what do y'all do? Well. You know, we oversee the, the we oversee your business, your taxes, and everything. And and just for the record, you know, we haven't raised taxes. I'm gonna say in 16 years wow. in Minnesota County, the county hadn't. You know, we're fortunate up here. You know, we go to conferences and we deal with other counties. There's a lot of people, if you can call it, and I'd hate to use the word problem. You know, because sure. a lot of people go, well, we, we'd love to have your problems. Right. You know, they don't have the road infrastructure. They don't have the, the tax dollars coming in. 
I was actually sitting down with lunch with a few of them in, the, in some more counties and met them and introduced sure. myself. And uh, they had made a comment, and I said, well, I got somebody, you know, who is upset about a new subdivision coming in, da-da-da-da-da. And they go, uh, what? Y'all have people that are upset about a subdivision? And I go, yeah, you know, they don't growth, you know, they want you to kind of hold growth and try to control it, and you try to figure out how to do it. And as long as everything's, as, all, as long as all the stars line up, you know, you have people who are allowed to do things in your county. And they go, man, I wish we had that kind of problem down here. We would love to have subdivisions come into our county, right. you know, for the growth and everything. So, you know, well, we deal with those issues. Yeah, Derek's mentioned on the podcast before, he grew up in Natchez, and we talked about DeSoto County, Hernando, South Haven, Olive Branch, and he was said, hey, let me take you to a dying town. There you go. And Natchez, Mississippi is very, uh, you know, you hear Natchez, Mississippi, it's a very romantic, you know, town and we think sure, about civil sure, war sure. we think about how big it was on the mississippi river and Derek, uh you know he goes home took a couple of times a year and it's just hard to ride through his hometown with the difference uh it is so we are blessed in you know, desoto county and, absolutely and you'll have to fact check this but i heard where natchez was trying to give money for people to move down yes there. yeah I, 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 yeah yeah and, I don't uh, know if Derek's heard that or not because he may move back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Which, you know, uh, you know. Derek would want to know how much money exactly. He <laughs> yeah, would want to ask that I'm question. Headed that way, right? Yeah. Um, so, so it, 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 look, in today's world, I mean, you got to be competitive and that type of stuff. It's, it's really, like you said, some of the blessings that we have in DeSoto County uh, are pretty amazing. So, five supervisors help each other out and pay attention to different things. It's not a dictatorship, it's not a, a thing where they have to work as a group now you in know, DeSoto we're, County. We're, we're fortunate. We have a good group. I mean, we have – you have Jesse Medlin, who's been there for 30 years, going on right. 30 years. I mean, his his knowledge and experience, especially when it comes to insurance. We in DeSoto County government have committees that we belong to. And so we'll always vote and say, okay, well, you put two on a committee. You can't have three because that's a quorum. Right. So we put two on a committee, and we discuss issues before they ever make it to the board. That way you're not sitting there because our board meetings, if you've ever been to one, they last sometimes, right. you know, till midnight and especially <laughs> when we're on budget you know from nine o'clock to whenever but we discuss issues i'm actually on several but one of them that i'm on is the infrastructure committee with lee caldwell and you know you hear complaints all the time about well we don't need anybody else moving to desoto county because we have too much traffic now we have too many you know nobody can get around well we're actually with the cities we work on these issues and you see now what's going on you see we're mackinville extension sure you know and, and let me make this clear Mackinsville extension and that I-269 exit was there way before any of us. That that that's that was a project that was probably 20 or 25 years. Sure. When we cut the ribbon on I-269 and 69, they talked about people who have passed. Right, right. Who no are longer not living with anymore. Us, yes, Absolutely. Yes. So not one person can take credit sure, of that. Of you know, you got to give you got to give kudos and credit to everybody involved in it. Whether it's your past mayors, your new mayors, your new aldermen, your new supervisors. I never want to stand out and say I did this because I hadn't done anything. Right, sure. You know, I, I work for the people. You know, I'm, I'm, they're my boss. I work for them. They elected me. The deal is, is that these projects, you have that. That's going to help relieve traffic. Sure. We're working on now cutting uh, Mackinville all the way through, which is Sweeney, to Star Landing. Yes, sir. That'll help ease traffic. Commerce to Jaybird, past Walmart. We're working on that. Holly Springs project, which is the project that I'd like to talk about a sure, little bit. Please do. It's huge. You know, that that has been in the works way before I got there, way before my brother got there, but we picked up the ball and ran with it. It doesn't matter what you do, it's all about money. 
you know, and if you don't have the money to build these things and, and these, these projects that you're going for, and you have to fight for your dollars. We go to Blue Ribbon Week in Washington. We're up there as a county, and that's your county governments. That's all your mayors, your aldermen. Everybody's up there, and we've got our list of things that we would like to see the money come through to Soda County sure. because that's our taxpayers. We're up there fighting for their taxpayers' dollars to come back in and do these. And we did it long enough and hard enough to where we finally got the money to be able to do Holly Springs Road, you're talking about a 35-plus million-dollar project. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. It's going to be awesome when it's finished. The projection date with Phase 1 and Phase 2, which is going to come in behind the Catfish Country, if you know sure, where that is, of course. it's going to probably uh, be around 23, probably spring, mid, early summer of, of 2023, the project will be completed. You're talking about safety issues. It always floods yes. that road, and we have gates. Whenever you have to put a gate across a road where pedestrians have to go back and forth or your citizens do you have an issue especially when you're talking about fire you're talking about ambulance service just get it's it's not extremely lit up when the gates closed at night yes you know so you know we knew that that was and we we went to washington and and they knew when we went there we're here we go with holly springs again yeah well you know we had to come up with a match I can't tell you how, you know, look, you hear everything in the barbershop. Sure. You know, if you, you do. don't believe me, you go, you want to find out where somebody is, go ask the barber. They know, <laughs> they hear it. All. Right. Well, you know, we hear all these issues and these problems in a, in all the time, and I hear them constantly. You'll hear somebody come in and they'll go, well, the city could have done this, and they didn't because they had a grant for it. Sure. Well, you know, you got a $2 million grant, you got a 20% match you got to come up with. You had to figure out where that 20% right. match is coming from, and you got to be prepared. You know, you may have to get help from us. Look, we helped the city with Hernando on Mackinville Extension. The county did. We went before the board. We gave our million dollars. We put a million dollars, a two million dollars on the ten million dollar project. Right. They had a million. We put a million up to help because we know how important this project is, and it's going to be very important to the citizens. And you know, and, and just moving. Yeah. You know, and that's part of growth. You know, it hurts, but it. You know, it's you have and to. Like, yeah, like I just said. You know, Derek said, let's go to Natchez, Mississippi, where growth is, is the opposite. Absolutely. The absolute opposite. So DeSoto County is blessed with um, the, the growth and the people wanting to move here and be here. I've said on the podcast and certainly talked to Derek off off record or off the air numerous times. Now, myself being 42, uh, you know, we talk about the 25-year-old me. Right. You know, we, we, we can't just be the last people to move somewhere. We can't be the last person to move to Hernando and shut the door and lock it. And now I catch myself thinking about my daughter, who's 17. Where is she going to live? Right. You know, well, where are my grandkids going to be and that type of stuff. So when you're in your 20s, you're not thinking about that. But definitely when you're in your 40s, you're, you're talking you about you're thinking, you're thinking about. about. You're thinking of a, 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 a great location to raise your family, right. put them in schools, safe. You know, our demographics where we are to Memphis, Tennessee, is the perfect location for this growth. Sure. If we'd have been two counties further down, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. You know, we can't help where we are, but we're here. Sure. So the best thing to do in growth is to make sure that it's healthy. I bring this up all the time. You know, you just like you said, you can't, you know, can't build a fence. You know, can't right. pull the last curtain, pull the curtain, last man in. You know, don't build any more houses right. after mine. You know, you cannot blame people for wanting to have the same opportunities that they have. Absolutely. That's the reason our schools are like they are. You know, we got the best schools in the state of Mississippi. You know, our law enforcement, our local, you know, our sheriff's department, you know, you can't beat what we have. What we have to do, though, is to make sure that it's healthy, you know, and, th- and that's what I work for. I know that's what the board works for. I was going to say earlier, you know, 
you talk about real estate. Mark Garner's real estate guy. I'm law enforcement guy. Ray Dennison's a builder. Jesse Medlin's been here for 30 years. Lee Cowell's educator. Right. We have all the components together to make it work. Sure. You know, that's the reason we can have discussions. If I don't know anything, I can look over here when they're talking about building something. Ray Dennison can jump right in. He can shoot. He can build the clock. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, Mark Garner, when you jump in, he's a broker. He can tell you everything about land value, especially when somebody says, that's going to make my land value go down. Uh, supply and demand makes right. that land value go down. Right. It, it goes up. Yeah, his ears perk up when you start talking oh, about yeah. things oh, like he'll that. Jump. We just shut up and let yeah. him go and do his thing. He'll say, no, no, your your property values are going up right. in DeSoto County, and here's why. You know, yeah. because these are the, the components that we have that make it work. And I do apologize for no, being good. a little bit shorter show. We're going to uh, put this, you know, part of our, our, our normal shows. But please come back with us I and talk some more. Uh, we could talk all day about know, right. this different stuff. All right, so circ- circling back on the Holly Springs project we just talked about, you said phase one and phase two. Right. We are currently in what phase? We're in phase one right We're now. We're in phase one right now. So if, when phase one and phase two are completed, what does that look like? Uh, here's, you know. what, here's what we had to do. Sure. It, you know, in our engineer study and what we did, it's below the floodplain. Mm-hmm. Okay, the flood level, and, and it reached a, sh- a certain level to where the roads were out there. It didn't matter what you do if it rained, because you're talking about, you know, the Coldwater River. you Absolutely. got several, all the water. I'm going to say it's probably, and I'm going to say just based on what I heard, it's probably about 6,000 acres of water, and they c- it comes from Marshall County. Right, sure. It comes from South Haven, Olive Branch, you know, DeSoto County. That water comes down through there and hits that cold water and heads to that the basin and heads to Arcabella. Right. You know, the lake. It was getting to where, you know, it's silting in. Matter of fact, my brother made a comment. When we were kids, you used to go down there, and you could jump off the bridge into the Coldwater water, uh, cold water River. And uh, he made a comment when he was in Washington. He said, let me just put it in, you know, simple terms. He said, I used to jump off into that water. He said, now I can step over and step in it. So, you know, the silt, it's built, it's built up, you know, trying to get the, the core to dredge it. You know, again, we're talking about money. Sure. So we had to raise it. And raising it, we raised it up out of the 100-year floodplain gotcha. is what it's okay. done. There was probably, from what I'm told by the engineers, it's going to be about 30,000 loads of dirt, phase one, and probably about 30,000 loads of dirt on phase two that will get it up and raise that project. The bridges are higher, stronger, better. Overall, the project's going to be you know, just tremendous for that area and that community out there. It's just going right. to be a great thing for them. So is now the time for me to talk about the new dump truck company I've started last <laughs> week? <laughs> You're late. <laughs> a little bit late on that. But uh, what an awesome project and stuff. And, and look, I would love for you to come and visit with us uh, pretty often um, on different projects and, yeah. and different things. But definitely a project that affects people under the water tower. So many of those people that go out on Holly Springs Road, you know, basically live and do all their, their, their living in, sure. in, in Hernando, Mississippi. So definitely an important part. Well, we appreciate you coming in and visiting with us and uh, we will absolutely get together again soon to talk about some more uh, stories and and different things Um, so we we definitely appreciate i was the joke i couldn't think of earlier was when the when the meetings start to go long do you kind of go into your auction auctioneer type thing that's what you want to do do. it's like hey all right yeah that's why when derek and i talk about the consent agenda for the hernando alderman you know and the consent agenda is really long and it's really uh, for listeners that are listening, consent agenda consists of just things that would more than likely pass overwhelmingly, if not uh, everybody vote for. I mean, you know, basic things. You know, again, and, and real quick, and I know you got to go. Please this, do. This yeah. is a civics lesson. You know, when you start talking about consent agendas, you start talking about claims dockets. You know, that's us paying your bills. You know, that's that's us approving projects and different things. But the claims dockets is us paying your bills. The citizens' bills of this county, you know, and that's very important, and a lot of people have no clue what that means. Sure. 
you know, so we're we approve things, and we question. As a matter of fact, we call Mark Gardner Doctor Docket, right? Okay, because yeah. he he we go over. I'm not saying that we don't, but uh, we, he asks questions that we're probably going to ask anyway. And to keep the if he misses one, then we go. Hang on, Mark, you sure. missed one. I've got a question. Yeah. Why did we spend this money on this? You know, and uh, we have to have an answer, and they're prepared to give us the right answer. If it's not the right answer and it doesn't benefit the citizens of this county, we question it. There's been things that we've had to go back and take off the claims docket because we weren't going to pay that. That wasn't a taxpayer issue, which right. isn't much. I'm not sure, going to say, sure. you know, but but you have you can't just go in there and assume that, okay, pay the bills. You know, you better look at everything you're doing for the taxpayers of this county, you know, and that's what we do. We scrutinize it. We ask questions about it. That's what you hired us to do. So that's what we are. And then amazing how even here in DeSoto County, Mississippi, you guys take it serious and, like you said, look at things, and it just feels like, Derek, and I've said it before, politics is local. You know, we need to know who who can help us fix a pothole in front of our house way before we need to, you know, I'm never going to meet Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. I'm never going to meet him, but I have an opportunity to meet the person who can help me get my pothole fixed, you know, at church or right there having a cup of coffee or a local restaurant. So it's so important to to focus on that. Politics is local. Absolutely. And you have to understand what's legal and what's not legal. Sure. You know, if I say I can't do something, it's not because you're a taxpayer and I don't want to help you. Right. That's not the case. But, you know, there's laws that we have to go by. Thank God we have an attorney sitting in there. Sure. Or we'd all be in trouble right. because I'd want to go out there and fix everybody's everything. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of you course. know, but you can only spend your tax dollars. Your tax dollars can only be spent on uh, certain things. Legally. Legally. Yes. Bottom line. And that's how it works. You know, when somebody says, well, you know, I'm like, you know, like a culvert. I, real quick, I'm yeah, not going to go to prison over a culvert. Exactly. You know, because it's not my responsibility to put a culvert. Right. Now, I'll help you if it's stopped up or if it needs cleaning out or something like that. But, uh, you know, I can't see myself going to prison over a culvert. That wouldn't uh, be. I, I couldn't explain that one. I hear there. you. <laughs> I visited with Mark Gardner a couple of weeks ago, and actually he and I were talking. It, you and I talked off air. Uh, an interesting piece of property that we talked about was right there on the corner. Uh, there at the square, uh, Mike uh, Mark said yeah. he'd had it listed for maybe eight that's years to sell, used to be. and that's what I was going to say. That's where yeah. your that's where your dad's barbershop yeah. used to be. Yeah. Uh, what seems like forever ago, right? <laughs> burned down. It burned down in the seventies. That was very sad when that building. Oh, I burned. can imagine. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. But right there on the corner, as you come into the square on the right hand side, Mark Garner's sign has been, sign has been there for years. Right. And finally, I saw a, I saw a sold sign, so I gave him a call and said, "Hey, what's that about?" But uh, neat project going on there. That's a long ways away from it, but uh, that we can talk. about about but we can't thank you enough we thank you for serving first of all Derek and I talk about the UTW podcast being a show about leadership needing more of it in this country needing more of it in local stuff but man what a what a testament you you know your your resume for leadership involvement servicing others is very impressive we thank you for that I appreciate you having us and we look forward to coming back we want to say thank you to uh, Supervisor Michael Lee for coming on Really do appreciate it, and I hope that the listeners. I mean, that was a, a pretty interesting interview. I mean, the, his backstory and all the things that he's done in his past. Wouldn't mind going on a couple of those trips that he went on. Absolutely, he's going to come back and talk to us again. I've said it, but I mean, if you can, you know, if you can sit in the same room with Jerry the King Lawler, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Johnny Cash and stuff, he's got a heck of a cool story. He's going to come back and share some of those stories with us. Uh, maybe not even supervisor related, but but he he he's, he knows his way around a microphone and very comfortable. Speaking of being comfortable. North Point Christian School will offer a preview of the point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. to see if the school fits your child. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. 
School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as our unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admission, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m. by calling Mrs. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127 to see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Podcast brought to you by DeSoto Family Dental Care, which has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference, or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state form provider, is located on 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam Lauderdale encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Derek, each and every Tuesday, we turn our attentions to the DeSoto County Museum Fact of the Week. I want to remind the UTW Podcast listeners to please swing by the DeSoto County Museum Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5. That's Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5, to visit the DeSoto County Museum, see some of the new exhibits that they have, see some of the exhibits you've already seen, which every time you walk in, you're going to see something new and, and, and catch something's going to catch your eye about the county that you, you didn't know was there before. So Rob Long and them do a great job over at the DeSoto County County Museum, uh, providing us with the Soto County facts each and every week. So please get over and see them again across from the Area 51 and Blue Ribbon Cleaners right there on Commerce Street uh, here in Hernando. Just a great asset that we have. Derek, talk, tell us about this week's fact. Well, this week's fact is something that you can actually see in person. Uh, this is something that the museum, uh, it's one of the exhibits they have, has put uh, history, has brought it back to life. We encourage you to go by the museum on the, the hours that Matt shared to see a 1940 area living room inside of the DeSoto County Museum, which depicts the millions of living rooms across America where President Franklin Roosevelt delivered his fireside chat to a war-weary and economically depressed nation. The war years were tough on DeSoto Countyans. The local ration board only allowed 10 passenger tires and eight inner tubes for the entire population of DeSoto County in 1942. Wow. Several individuals in the county were sentenced to 30 days in jail for hoarding sugar during the war. Ration stamps were needed for buying rubber boots, shoes, gasolines, and cars and trucks. And the ornate wrought iron picket fence 
around the courthouse that burned in 1940 was donated as scrap iron for the war effort that year. So again, this is a, a sample room they have set up in the museum. So if you've never you know, thought about it, I know we've seen a lot of movies where they hear it on the you know, FDR come on the radio after Pearl Harbor was bombed and uh, gives his famous speech. Well, this is they have a sample room set up like that, so you can go in there and kind of just picture what it would be, have been like to you know, be there when he's delivering that speech you know, over 70 years ago. Are you saying Americans in the 1940s were people that didn't mind sacrifice for others? No, they, they, <laughs> they you know, they, if you're only, uh, only 10 people are allowed to get tires sure. uh, for the whole year and then, you know, you're having to ration sugar and salt, I think they were very willing to sacrifice for the American cause right. and, the, and the American way of life. And we're just uh, obviously... They deemed themselves the greatest generation. Uh, I'm not going to dispute that fact sure. for everything that they did. My parents were, were born out of that, out of the baby boom. Just a, a, a great time uh, in our history and just a you know, time when we really came together and hopefully you know, we, can, we can be that way again. Derek, I bought four tires just on Monday, and the guy asked me if I, if I needed any more. So You would have just, taken 40% I'm just saying, of the right, ration. Exactly. I'm just simply <laughs> saying. Thanks again to Sutter County Museum Fact of the Week. Please stop by and visit the museum. Your kids would enjoy it. You would enjoy it. Something new every time you visit that you'll learn and pay attention to just a great job by rob long we're going to turn the page to some sports uh gentleman right here under the water tower has signed to play college soccer tell us about it defender ryan smith of the hernando soccer team has signed to play soccer next season at northwest as coach described him as a very fast very physical player uh, on as a defender uh, for the hernando tigers soccer team uh, and uh, uh, help them, Hernando, to finish an 8-3-2 and two on the year, just one game out of the uh, playoffs. Uh, missed the playoffs by one game. Yep. Uh, and so just a, a great year uh, during his senior year, and now he will be you know, given a scholarship to go to school uh, at Northwest to continue that soccer career. Yeah, and soccer teams have not always been in the uh, junior college ranks, so very uh, glad to see men and women's soccer having an opportunity for these young people to go to junior colleges across Mississippi. Really, really good soccer being played in Mississippi all around, uh, travel teams and, and different things. So just some good soccer uh, happening in Mississippi. So congratulations, Ryan. Uh, we're always going to cheer for these kids under the water tower, especially for getting an opportunity to have your college paid for. So congratulations to him. We've uh, talked about the last two or three weeks. Uh, we talked about the soccer playoffs. Just give a quick update there. <clears throat> Just a tough night on Saturday night for the Center Hill Mustangs going for back-to-back -back state titles in the soccer playoffs. We talked about their offense. We talked about them outscoring their three opponents 20-2. to And, man, that did not happen on Saturday. Tell us about it. It did not. You just mentioned talking about all the good <laughs> soccer that we're having in Mississippi right now. This was a, a great soccer game. And if you follow uh, on Twitter or follow any of the Clarion Ledger, uh, the, the articles about the soccer playoffs, just been some unbelievable games. Uh, th wish this one was a little closer. Uh, Center Hill lost 3-1 to one, uh, in the 5A Soccer State Championship to Long Beach. Uh, this is Long Beach. We mentioned uh, on Friday they had made it four years in a row. This is the first time they won it. So after the, the the fourth time's the charm for Long Beach, they uh, won the game, uh, won the match. Excuse me, three to one. Senior Ivan Gonzalez was the only uh, player. He got the lone goal for the Mustangs. Uh, Long Beach scored three minutes in, and then eleven minutes later, so got up qu pretty quickly, two nothing, uh, and then uh, went up three zero before Ivan finally got that lone goal for the Mustangs. But again, a little, little history also that I left out on Friday, Matt. The Long Beach coach also coached at Horn Lake and Lewisburg. Well, wow. so, so familiar with DeSoto County soccer. Very familiar with DeSoto County soccer. Went down there and finally led them to their, their state championship after four years. But, again, nothing to hang your hat about Mustangs. Great year, great season. Fought hard. 
uh, you know, just got to the, the final game. And, you know, I guess they kind of – basically the same teams playing each other from last year, and they were able to make a couple adjustments and, and get it this year. But, again, great season, and it was a fun following y'all for the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, Mustangs, on a great season. Uh, keep your head up. Carry the DeSoto County banner down to Jackson or right outside of in, in Madison uh, for that game. So just thank you for, for fighting hard and, and, and working hard to represent DeSoto County so well. But with that loss, uh, sometimes, Derek, when people uh, have a – you know, can't pull out a victory they look to get away if you're looking to get away reach out to magical destinations of hernando whether it's that trip to disney world universal studios or that tropical getaway sue ellen and ann christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams they work to get you the best rates with headache free planning magical destinations is locally owned and operated right here in hernando Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Derek had the opportunity to visit with Sue Ellen, visit with her about what she thinks about the ad, how things are going, and so forth. And she said the UTW podcast has been a definite asset to their business. She did want me to start reminding everyone spring break trips. I know we're coming up a little bit late on that or coming up close to that, but definitely for the summer, beach trips mountain trips, anywhere in the country, they can help you. Magical Destinations of Hernando can help you find your tropical or just a getaway uh, anywhere here in the United States, of course. Give them a call at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. Podcast also brought to you by Williams Services, our longest-running advertiser. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Spring is right around the corner. Now's the time to start prepping your yard, prepping your flower beds, prepping your home, the outside of your home, to look great for this spring. Richard can help. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services for all your outdoor needs. Lastly, podcast sponsored by Green King Spray Services. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662 662- 892-8419 or visit their website greenkingspray.com that's greenkingspray.com remember when you want it green call the king now turn it to basketball we've got a couple days of basketball to look at uh, we're going to f- talk first about friday what happened last friday night that was the end of the regular season for most teams uh, all really all but north point uh, all the public schools ended uh, on friday night the regular season uh, and started uh, district playoffs last night 
Um, so we'll, we'll talk with Friday night first. So uh, as we do always, we're going to start with the ladies uh, and also start under the water tower. Uh, this past Friday night, Hernando finished the regular season with a victory over Lewisburg, 57-41. to Emmy Musers had 11, Zakira Smith had 11, and Mackenzie Armstrong had 9. No Abby. No Abby in there uh, for the Hernando this time. They finished the season 21-4, and 6-0 and in district, and this is the fourth season in a row with 20-plus wins. Uh, so just 20 plus wins, fourth season in a row, won the district title. Won the district title. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to the Lady Tigers for sure. And we'll talk a little bit more about their district uh, opportunity, district tournament opportunities here shortly. That's right. Uh, the next game, uh, South Haven 56, Center Hill 53. So, again, fi- uh, 6A, 5A matchup. South Haven Lady Chargers get the victory. Don't have any stats on the South Haven Lady Chargers. Center Hill I do have stats on. Uh, Jariah Rankin had 19. Candace Buford had 10. Hope Mueller had 9. Uh, Madison Bush had nine. And so just a, a great season, again, for Center Hill. They started their tournament uh, also this week. Again, all these teams will be talking about the district tournament coming up for Monday games. Monday and Tuesday games, excuse me. Next, DeSoto Central, 52. Lake Cormorant, 34. And then finally on Friday night, North Point, 54. Bayou Academy uh, out of Cleveland, 22. Uh, North Point was led by uh, Leah Jones with 21 points. Brawley Faith Cherry had 14, and Bethany Wright had 8. Matt, I was at this game. It was 41-11 to 11 at halftime. Uh, and then they had actually first time, I think in a while, maybe ever, a running clock on a basketball game oh, wow, okay. in the fourth quarter. Just did not stop it. Final 54-22 for the Lady Trojans. I, I know it was senior night that night, Derek. I saw some of the things, our, our podcast, I guess I kind of run the, the UTW podcast Instagram. Uh, some of those, some of the seniors didn't have uniforms on. Yeah, uh, so Matt, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. This is a, a kind of a unique story. And there was one senior on the court. Uh, those two, one of them was a the manager. She was the team okay, manager. I understand. And so she was you know that's why she was honored uh, as part of the team the other one was a girl uh she was from a memphis city school she transferred here they started this semester she could not play because you know they had to sit out a year if you come from uh, a public school to north point you do have to sit out a year whose rule you come. whose rule is that uh, maybe north point's rule okay uh, I, I think it's actually TSSAA rule. okay you can't switch from public to private you have to sit out a year or actually a year from when you came so she, obviously she didn't come until january second or third whenever they started back but she gave up her senior year of basketball because well they weren't playing in memphis sure um so she really couldn't go anywhere but her little sister is a ninth grader and her sister is able to come and be on the team so again she has to sit out also but Mm -hmm. she'll be playing for north point next year uh, and but came to because her sister wanted to go to North Point to be with her sister, and they can only play in JV games because JV games don't count. Right. Uh, so she's playing as a JV as a so she's really good right. playing as a senior just to finish out her high school career because Memphis is not playing basketball. Uh, I'll reserve comment on everything you just and, said. And, and, and what makes it uh, other than the, the the positive part, which is that's awesome as a as as a sibling to be able to play basketball with your with your sister and uh, you know being okay of giving it yourself and say I'll give up my senior year so you can be successful. It's and, a great and, job. And, and the, the, another thing, her, their mom is a principal of a public school in Memphis. Saw this coming, and so that's why she did. You can see, Derek. I'm, I'm not going to say much. Uh, you're not going to hear me say much about but this I, Memphis I just, public I thought schools. it was really big, yeah, though, that the school actually honored her as a senior, uh, absolutely, yes. and had been with the team for a month. She she uh, would have been on the team. She would have played. Yeah. She would have had that opportunity. That is a, an absolute dumb rule right now at this particular time that someone can't go. You should be and able play to immediately. Go, right, right. You should be able to go absolutely. Hey, my school's not playing export you should be able to go anywhere you want to go be able to play right now eligible right now that is that is asinine and shame on those adults who uh who made that decision right now yeah so again that's why they were there were two of them out there i understand um 
Our turn of the boys Friday night. Uh, again, under the water tower, Lewisburg 53, Hernando 49. Uh, Lewisburg was led by Max Zisman with 16. Eli Lamb had 15. And another thing, didn't he wasn't one of the higher scorers that, this night, but Logan Coker for the Patriots passes the 1,000-point mark for his career. Wow, awesome. So just a great career for Coker, who's a senior, uh, will be graduated. So congratulations to him. Next game, South Haven 75, Center Hill 66. Now remember, Center Hill Mustangs sure. uh, were on a 12-game winning streak. Now obviously this is a 6A-5A matchup. South Haven, we've talked about, may be the best sure. uh, team in the north half of the state. We'll find out. This is uh, the time to lose. If you're Center Hill, oh, now's yeah. the time to lose. Well, it was a hard-fought game. Sure. Lots of fouls. <laughs> Six Center Hill players fouled out. Oh, my gosh. Three South Haven players fouled out. This is the second time the Chargers have beat Center Hill this year. So, they're 2-0, again, against a great Center Hill team. So, South Haven may be really, really good. You know, Matt, all I have to say is when nine kids foul out, when nine players foul out, I'm I'm thinking back to Bad News Bears, let them play. Yeah. Swallow the whistle Just and let them play. Let, let them play. Gosh, almighty. I mean, I, I kind of like what I hear, though. If they, if they were going towards the basket and driving to the lane, which I preach to my son about uh, all the time, if that's what was going on. But, yeah, the referees were heavily involved in that game. Golly. Yeah. Uh, almost more involved than they were for the uh, Chiefs game uh, a couple <laughs> nights ago. But, no, Caden Law led the uh, Mustangs with 19, um, and then Zandon Harrelson had 17. So, just a great – again, both these teams starting district uh, this week. Third game, Lake Cormorant for the guys, 58, Soto Central 43. And the final boys game on Friday night – North Point 64, Bayou Academy 29. Bayou Academy 20 and 5 coming into the game. That's what, yeah. 25 coming into the game, and North Point beats them 64 to 29. This is, uh, it was 19 to nothing, Matt, after the first quarter. I'm going to say the 20 and 5 may be a little bit inflated. The 20 and 5. Uh, yeah, and I watched, you know, they did lose to J, uh, they lost to JA, lost to Kapai. I went and looked at it. I was like, wait, right. what? Yeah, they played. Uh, Academy, JA, and maybe St. Andrews or somebody like that. But Still, I mean, they've won 20 they've times. They've won 20 this year, games. And you can't make one point. <laughs> Not one lousy point. <laughs> in the first quarter. Yeah, the first quarter. Uh, anyway, um, so again, great win by the Trojans, led by Christian Gillen with 18. Mitchell Wright had 15. Darius Naylor had uh, 12. Uh, again, now North Point, uh, this is uh, they played on Saturday, so again the only team to play on Saturday, and they also have two more non-conference regular season games this week. Okay. So North Point does not start their tournament until next week. That, that means nothing from a district standpoint; just totally non-conference. Now he now so what he did was he played Bayou Academy on Friday, then they played St. Benedict out of Memphis on Saturday. This week they're playing two six A public schools out of Memphis okay. to get themselves ready. Uh, so on Saturday the girls North Point fifty eight, St. Benedict thirty six. Uh, the Lady Trojans led by Bethany Wright with 19, Leah Jones with 10, excuse me, Leah Jones with 14, Briley Faith Cherry with 10, and then the boys, uh, North Point 64, St. Benedict 39, uh, North Point led by Mitchell Wright with 26, and Christian Gillen with 15. So again, just a, North Point had a really good weekend, play a couple tougher, larger teams this week, uh, and then be ready for the district tournament next week. Now turning to the basketball playoffs. Uh, I'm going to read through the brackets very quickly, uh, and then we've already had some results from these games uh, as of last night. So not, Monday, not exactly basketball playoffs, the basketball district tournaments. District, not the playoffs. Did I say playoffs? You said playoffs. Sorry, district the basketball district tournaments. Um, so girls, region district one six A. This is being played at Olive Branch. So Monday, so last night, Tupelo being played DeSoto Central. Tupelo barely pulls it out, 58-55. Again, this is a Tupelo team that's handed Olive Branch its only loss of the season. DeSoto Central almost pulls the upset, but unable to do it. I think they were up by one with a minute left, unable to hold off uh, the Lady Waves. 
So finals 58-55. They will move on to the championship game, which will be held Friday at 6 p.m. Uh, they the, only had to play one time and they're in the championship game now? Yeah. The oh, other four teams, right? The other four yeah. teams. That's four teams per district. That's right. Okay. So tomorrow night, Olive Branch, Lady Conquistadors, will play Lewisburg, Lady Patriots. Uh, so the winner of that game will play Tupelo. The loser will play DeSoto Central in the consolation bracket. The consolation bracket will be Thursday at 6, and the championship game will be Friday at 6. This is the girls' district one. 6A. Circle back. So, the, the do the top two teams move on to the playoffs? Why would they play a consolation bracket? I think it's just to have it. <laughs> I went four. I mean, kind of like the soccer tournaments. You get two oh games. You should have get two All games. All right. So, guys, we're going to play team. We're going to play four teams. The top two move on. The last two, we're going to play one more game <laughs> so we can have the gate and get some concession stands. I mean, that's – I don't understand that. But anyway. Yeah, that's, that's – I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now same same bracket, Division One Six A, just on the boys' side. So last night you had Tupelo versus DeSoto Central. Tupelo versus DeSoto Central. We did not have, I could not find the score of the game, so I apologize for that. Uh, the winner of that game will move to the championship Friday at seven thirty. Uh, tomorrow night we have Olive Branch versus Lewisburg. Uh, again, the exact same matchups in the boys and the girls' side uh, in Olive Branch. The loser of that game, of course, the losers will play. Thursday, 7.30 consolation. Friday, 7.30 championship. They'll play th- the losers will play Thursday for no reason <laughs> other than to burn gas and sell concession stands. Does that, well, look, you, concession. So you don't come in last edition. I'm just simply saying. I mean, if you're not moving on to the playoffs, what are we doing? All right, next, Division 2 6A girls. This tournament's being held in Oxford. There's also four teams. Hernando versus South Haven uh, was played last night at 6 p.m. Hernando won 60-34. to 34. Uh, led by Andre Manning with 25 points. So, congratulations to the Lady Tigers. We you know, Absolutely. Probably thought that they were going to win that game. Uh, they've already beat South Haven uh, twice this year, beat them for the third time. Uh, they will move on to the championship game. The other game last night was Horn Lake versus Oxford. Uh, Oxford won. The uh, Lady Chargers won that game. So, you will have now, consolation game, match your favorite, will be Thursday at 6 p.m. You'll have South Haven versus Horn Lake. And then the 7.30 championship game will be Hernando versus Oxford. Uh, please tell me that the South Haven and Horn Lake girls have to drive to Oxford. You are and, correct. Oh, my God. You are correct. South Haven has to travel, and Horn Lake travel to Oxford to face each other. Those two schools are less than 10 minutes away, and they've got to go to Oxford to play. All right, uh, so same uh, bracket, Division Two, 6A boys uh, in Oxford. The Tuesday, so the girls' games were played on Monday and Thursday. The boys' games were played on Tuesday and Friday. So to, tonight we have South Haven versus Hernando at 6 p.m., followed by Horn Lake versus Oxford. Again, the exact same matchups that the girls had. Uh, very funny how this has worked, both yeah. in the Division One and Division Two. Uh, Friday, consolation game will be 6 p.m. The championship game will be right following that game at 7.30 on Friday. You know, Derek, uh, Hernando boys have struggled. The Hernando boys have definitely struggled playing South Haven. South Haven is obviously the one seed. South Haven's uh, one of the best teams in North Mississippi right now. So, you know, good luck to the Tigers under the water tower. You know, we're going to pull hard for you going to Oxford, uh, playing a tough South Haven team. But, uh, you know, just want to wish you luck uh, for sure tonight as you travel down to Oxford. Do the best you can <laughs> against the Chargers, which we've talked about. They're pretty good. All right, now moving to District 1 5A. So moving down to the 5A uh, ranks now. Uh, the girls, this tournament's held in Lake Cormorant, right here in DeSoto County. Last night, uh, Sotillo versus Lake Cormorant. Matt could not find a score. We'll have to update that game on our Friday podcast. Derek, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet, no offense, the Lake Cormorant Lady Gators have won three games on the season. I know. I'm probably – you know what? I'm, I'm Not gonna, knowing uh, the score, I'm, I'm, I, I, look, I did want to go ahead and say Sotelo is going to move on. Right. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm right there. I'm, 
It's kind of like you know. It's kind of like you know political calling. Th- I'm going to go ahead and call uh, <laughs> call that one percent reporting. I'm going to go ahead and call Saltillo the winner of that game. So uh, that was going to be played. Uh, it's again that's was played last night, and we'll update on the Friday. Uh, then Tuesday you're going to have Fayette versus Center Hill at 5 p.m. tonight. So tonight tonight at 5 p.m. with Fayette versus Center Hill, uh, consolation game at 5 p.m. on Thursday, championship game 5 p.m. on Friday. Uh, boys Division One 5A. Last night, I could find this game uh, at 6.30 last night. Center Hill versus Lafayette. Center Hill won and will advance to the championship game. Center Hill won 58-44. to uh, Zanon Harrelson had 24 points. Caden Law is 20. Again, they're back on the winning track. Yep. Uh, had the 12 games. Yeah, as you said, good time to lose was last Friday, not on Monday. And so they were able to beat uh, the Commodores. Moving on, their championship game will be Friday at 6.30. And Lafayette will play the loser of tonight's game versus Lake Cormorant versus Sotelo in the consolation game Thursday at 6.30. So, again, that is District 1-5A. So we want to say congratulations to all the Southern County teams. Again, any of the, the, the two scores that we could not find that played last night, we will update those on Friday along with uh, the games that are taking place tonight. We'll go over the, uh, the consolation games uh, on Friday, the losers and the winners of those, and, of course, give you the matchups of the championship games that will all be held on Friday. So, again, just a great season. I get, we picked it up kind of in the middle of the season, but we've been going pretty strong here on the podcast. Looking forward to uh, finishing up the district championships and then starting the playoffs next week. There, you work really hard uh, watching different Twitter feeds and stuff like that. You know more about uh, DeSoto County basketball. I, I, would, I would gamble that you know more about DeSoto County basketball records players, et cetera, than most North Point parents, I would probably say so. Uh, that, yes, that's correct. <laughs> so, anyway, just a great job on the season, Derek, just working hard to uh, keep up with the records and so forth. We say it each and every Tuesday and Friday, kids, be thankful you're playing basketball. Derek just told a story of a young lady who uh, this year could only play JV, senior. Uh, you know, she's playing with kids that are ninth and 10th grade kids probably. Um, you know, it, it's just a tough situation. So be thankful for playing basketball. Just a heck of a year. I mean, some of these teams have played, you know, 30 games. They played the normal uh, amount. So great job by the coaches, administrators uh, for making this work, being patient and, uh, and figuring out a way to have it um, – you know, the way they did. So great job. If you enjoy uh, what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday and Wednesdays throughout the spring, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. On Instagram at UTW Podcast. And on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Also, if you like what you hear on Tuesdays and Fridays, be sure and share it. Share it with friends, family, share it with coworkers. If there was something we said you didn't like, share it with even more people. Tell other people about it because that's how we're going to continue to grow the UTW podcast each and every week. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you listen to them, please hit subscribe so we can continue to grow that. And it's going to let you know when we release new shows. Typically on Tuesdays and Fridays is when we're going to have our new shows. And then, again, like Derek has said numerous times tonight's show, Wednesdays throughout the spring. We want to say thank you to Michael Lee, District 5 supervisor right here uh, in DeSoto County. He's a Hernando resident, just does a good job. Uh, just a nice, nice gentleman. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed interviewing with him yesterday morning. So just uh, had a great time to sit down with him. He's going to come back in, and like I said, Derek, and tell some more stories, uh, talk to us about some different things, his experiences throughout life. Um, you know, he's got a great story. He really does, and I look forward to that. Also, I uh, hope everybody looks forward to our special episode tomorrow. Please listen in, especially residents of Ward 1 for Natalie Lynch and Chris Tong, both their back-to-back interviews. Again, we're going to start the show like we normally do. 
a brief uh, introduction, and then we're going to go straight to the interview. I think we're going to go in the, in the order they interviewed. Natalie, of course, she's also a lady. We'll let ladies go first. So you'll have about 15 or 20 minutes with Natalie, 15 or 20 minutes with Chris Tong, and then the show will end. That's how it'll go over the next several weeks. So, again, I uh, hope everybody's looking forward to hearing that tomorrow. A special episode will be out uh, by lunchtime tomorrow. And then also, uh, again, uh, gentlemen, Dustin Austin, Bruce Robinson, Robin Cotton, please reach out to us under the water tower info at gmail.com or on our Facebook page, uh, send us your information. We will contact you to set up uh, your special show that will be coming out on February 24th. Yep, it's, it's that time of year, of year, Derek. I say that time of four years, I guess. Uh, it's that time. Spring elections are coming up, and we're glad to be a part of it. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the Water Tower. <laughs> This is where we dropped off a pretty little girl